Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Included series. My name is Dana Wilson, and I'm the CEO and founder of CHIP, which stands for Changing How Individuals Prosper. CHIP is a digital platform connecting individuals like you to Black and Latinx financial professionals. This series was started to give people of color a chance to tell our own stories and thoughts around wealth. We hope to demystify stereotypes that still plague many of our communities, regardless of economic status. So sit back, relax, and let's talk money. All right, everyone. Well, welcome to another Included series. Super happy for you all to tune in and really excited to catch up with a really good friend of mine, Arenze Anuga, who is the partner in, at Sullivan and Worcester LLP. And actually, I meant to say before we, we were catching up, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I was really excited when I saw that LinkedIn update. It gave me so much joy. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm glad it did. Uh, it's an honor. It's an honor. The family's very excited about my promotion. Yeah, as they should be, right? It's like, these are all the things that we talk about, especially here as it goes through, you know, creating um, that space for that generational wealth. And, you know, you're doing that for your family and being a partner. And I've watched your entrepreneurial journey extend into all uh, very successful places. So I'm excited to talk about all of that with you too. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, you know, my first question is, you know, just as it is, as it normally is. So my first intro is always, when did you fall in love with money and how do you feel like it has impacted your life? You know, I'm not sure if I would say I've, I've fallen in love with money, I, I, but I'll answer the question as directly as I can, but I'm not going to give you a hard time. So <laughs> I would say- yeah, some of us don't like it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What did Biggie say, more money, more problems? <laughs> the real thing? <laughs> he sure did, God rest the, God rest the dead. Um, I think I would say probably when I got to that stage in high school where clothes were everything. Mm. So that's when it was just like, oh man, I got to make sure I have the right shoes. I have to make sure I have the right shirt, the right hat. Everything needs to be crispy, no scuffs, no nothing, right? I think that's that got to the point where I was a bit more infatuated with money, so to speak, you know? And um, I think that the, 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 the infatuation has definitely evolved over the years. Like I wouldn't say I'm in love with it at all. I do see it as an incredibly powerful tool to get things done. And that's how I look at it, right? It, it gets experiences done. It obviously can buy material things, but um, it certainly is not the, the definition of happiness. It does ease certain pains. So I hate when people say things like, oh man, people have money. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't make you happy. I mean, yeah, I hear you. I hear what you're saying when you say that. But let's <laughs> Let's be very clear that somebody who was really broken, struggling, cannot look at somebody who's rich and be like, "Oh yeah, you know, you're you're less happy than I am." I mean, it's 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 one of those I have money, so I can say that kind of kind of, kind of statement. Mm -hmm. um, but I certainly have used it as an incredibly powerful tool to get things done for myself, my family, and my community. What was the other part of your question? Oh no, just when you feel like you realize it's it's power. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well, that's a little bit different. That's a little bit different. When I realized it's power, um, I would say that I think I realized it's power when we moved from 440 Washington Street in North to a you know, five bedroom home in South Orange. Hmm. And I was only six years old, but I just remember being like, we can buy this. Like, this is what, this is what happens when you have money. You can buy this. I mean, I was six years old, so wherever I was living, I just thought it was just regular living. I don't have anything to compare it to. Right. And the, but, but then we made that move up. It was certainly a home that we couldn't afford and could not afford to maintain. But nonetheless, we were there. And it just hit me like, well, I'm going to have an entirely different experience in this new environment. And I certainly did as a result. I mean, there's no question that my upbringing would, would have been very different if I stayed in you know that building downtown Newark than coming over to this area of South Orange. And in fact, my sisters and those who were older than me, like my, I had two sisters and a brother, they felt that change more than I did, right? I mostly grew up in South Orange as a result, but they they felt that transition, especially my older sister who came over as like a sophomore junior and had to deal with the, you know that drastic change in the school system and <laughs> and what you've been taught to that point and all that. So anyway, that was, that was the big point of, wow, this is something powerful. 
Yeah. And it's crazy. It's like when we reflect when we're growing up and it's like, we don't really understand all the things that we can actually do and have, because we're kind of in a space where we're just, you know, watching our parents do all things. And then all of a sudden it's like to go from these somewhat drastic skips and jumps and look at it like, wow, we really, we really did that. Like my parents really did those things. Um, and yeah. we're from the same neighborhoods. Like I was raised in Montclair, but when my mother first moved to New Jersey, she moved to West Patterson, mm-hmm. um, which at that time would have been a completely different type of experience growing up. Um, right. And to be able to make those certain moves for your family and those decisions are, can be critical, you know? Yeah. It's really hard to appreciate what your parents are doing when you're a child because you just can't appreciate it as you get older and you realize, oh, they made a conscious decision to move to this place. They had to save money to do it. They had to talk to a, you know, a broker or whoever. They really had to do. Right. There was some work. (laughs) (laughs) There was some strategy. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I'm sure my kids are going to obviously take for granted everything they have right now. And when they get older and they see how hard hard it is to maintain this and build this. Then they'll say, wow, that's what mommy and daddy did. Yes, that's what mommy and daddy were doing. <laughs> right. Like all those, all those nights, it was like, yeah, there was a there was a method to the madness. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> that's awesome. So what would you say, you know, because I've again watched your journey as an entrepreneur and I think it's uh fantastic and something that we should definitely unpack and talk about it between you know, owning the restaurant and then also your journey through through music, which I feel like we really have to spend time on as well. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like wealth has really played into all of those roles and kind of how you saw yourself in those positions in the build mm-hmm. out of it? I think it played in the, into every single role, every single one of those roles. So I had a, I have a, I have an older brother that is an entrepreneur at heart and has always been like that. I mean, he's the kind of guy that you could give him five dollars and say we need to start a business that's worth that, that where we need three hundred thousand dollars worth of capital to start. And he'll be like, "All right, let's start next week." And I'll say, "Yeah, but we have five dollars." <laughs> and he'll be like, "Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, but let's just let's just let's just start." <laughs> like, like he he has that kind of mindset. And uh, my brother was really like my dad growing up. My dad didn't really play that role, so my brother played that role, and so he was literally superhero to me like literally a, a superhero that happened to be my brother. That's how I actually viewed him. And so he instilled in me the whole importance of doing well for the family. And when we get older, we gotta be able to do this for mommy and that for mommy. So I was big on that. And you know that, that was my push to concentrate in business as an undergrad. Right. I mean, I, I applied early to Wharton undergrad early. Right. Like that's a that's a that's a defining kind of position to go into as opposed to saying, let me just do something in the liberal arts and then figure out what I like. Yeah. So I made that conscious decision to be involved in business. And so I always felt like owning something was very powerful. Uh, I think the black community is pretty big on ownership. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, I think we've been big on it, but you hear it so much more and more over the past five to 10 years. It's been this whole desire to really get into ownership and not necessarily owning your own company, even though that's heavily marketed, but owning something, right? right. Just having a strict job and disappearing. Somebody can control your fate in that regard, because we recognize that in some of these spaces, we're not the most welcomed. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a person that was pursuing a career, I always felt like I was going to be involved in business. And that's probably why after working in a firm for a couple of years, I was just out on my own for seven years. That's when I met you, right? Doing real estate, doing the restaurants, doing music, have my own law firm. I, mean, I was really doing all of that. As an artist, it all played a role because my goal was to capture this space that was not really being heavily targeted as a hip hop artist, which was someone that was promoting a kind of positive mm-hmm. entrepreneurial business type of lifestyle, right? Because I, I always felt like hip hop was extremely influential on me, extremely out of anybody. Here. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, like there was nothing oh. better than growing up in Jersey and being ingrained with in growing up in the 90s more specifically. Like mm-hmm. we can have a whole conversation and dissertation about what it's like to grow up in hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, 70s when it was rolling out in the 90s, we really hit that hip hop. Yep. And, 
yes God, we could we could just go on we could go on, <laughs> go I on. Mean, and think about it any politician any school teacher mentor whatever it is not many of them had as strong as a voice as your favorite hip-hop artist mm -hmm. and and hip-hop is such a lifestyle type of music that if you are really liking an artist you're that means you're probably like liking that artist's lifestyle and you know there was a variety of artists coming up those that tend to really hit that main stage always had something kind of slick to say it was always about some always about their neighborhood and maybe some of the ladies they were dealing with and you know the classic things that make you feel like a a bit of a rebel a cool rebel and i wanted to provide the alternative to that like who who will be the alternative to that in a legal space probably an entrepreneur who was about that life and doing his own thing and you know what i'm saying like fighting all odds it was a similar kind of trajectory but just legal and i would you know i really wanted to be that person and so I, you know, in my music, I, that's who I was, right? And and so I was filling what I thought was a crazy void in that space, like a young black wannabe hedge fund manager. I wanted to make music for that dude. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was creating, you know? So it, it all impacted all elements of my life, creatively and entrepreneurship wise, and, and obviously academically and me choosing a business concentration. My, my concentration, at, in undergrad was entrepreneurial management. Like that was my concentration. Whereas everybody was probably, you know, doing mostly finance kind of thing. I chose entrepreneurial management. So it all permeated everything, understanding the importance of, of wealth and at least just being economically sound for your family. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's like when we really think about just us as a people, how creative um, we are and some of us tap into everything and some of us just kind of pick one thing and go with it and there's nothing yes. wrong with it but there's just this power in being able to you know stand on your own and tap into every gift that God has given you and even though you, people look at you in this like God you doing so many things you're just doing too yeah. much and it's like no like I'm just leaning in <laughs> to the things that I might Listen. be good at Listen. I can't help that everything might just align exactly together, right? Like I can be this creative. Um, I could also be this business savvy person. And then I can also talk about money and roll that into everything that I yeah. do. Right. Um, and, and be good at it. Right. And it's just like, I feel like to some degree, we're always apologizing for be at be for all the gifts that we were given, which is crazy. Yes, that is, <laughs> it's, that's such a powerful statement you said right there. You know, I feel like we're always apologizing for the gifts we're given. And, it, and, and so you, you can imagine how much of that I kind of dealt with just internally, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, here I am, this person that went to this so-called elite institution, pursuing a career that's supposed, to be, that's supposed to be pursued by those who are broke or come from nothing but roughness or something, right? right? And then I'm interested in this business, I'm interested in that business. And the question starts becoming, oh, you're doing too much. Why are you doing so much? Why are you trying to be a jack of all trades? And it's like, you know, actually, I'm not trying to be a jack of all trades. There's actually only like four things I'm interested in. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just just three more things than you what you got going on, right? right. It's so, just like I'm just leaning in exactly. a little bit more. And if and if I don't like it, then I can just pull back, right? It's like always lean in all the way, right? I'm not trying to build out this multi-global thing in this particular space. Exactly. I just like it a little bit, you know. I just exactly. Can I do it a little bit? Can I do it a little? A little, right? <laughs> And then if that turns, you know, turns back into dollars, then why not capitalize on it, right? It's like everyone else in other, um, you know, cultures and things, they do this all the time. But it's like when we step out just a little, it's like, well, what do you really do? What do you know? Exactly. Like, what's going on? And it's, it's such <laughs> like, a- Are you okay? Are you confused? No, I'm, exactly. I'm actually really clear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually extremely clear right now. And so that's, that's so powerful. It's like, you have to- accept who you are. I, I've learned that. Like, it's really important for me to accept who I am because if I look great to everyone else, but I don't look great to myself, I'm doing myself a disservice and I'm doing the world a disservice because the more I give who I am, the more I have the ability to touch more and more people, right? And you, you, can't, you can't limit yourself in a particular arena if for whatever reason your heart is calling it. If it's calling it, you need to listen to it. I mean, there was a point where I thought being a globally known, constantly torn hip hop artist was kind of my destiny, right? There was a part of me that thought that that, that that was the case. And it wasn't until I really got into the industry a little bit more and was really appreciative of what the lifestyle meant to be successful in the industry and who I had to rub shoulders with. And it was like, oh, wow, no, 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 no. Yeah, I got this wrong. My bad, I got it wrong. <laughs> 
I, mean, like, I, I liked thought, it over here, but I, I, I mean, I don't like all of this. Right? You feel me? I realized I like to do this in this particular way. There's mm -hmm. a difference. My wife, same thing happened with her. She, I mean, prosecutor for years, right? Then left out. I remember she was getting over it. She wasn't really enjoying it. I said, listen, get out with me, get out, like do your thing. She got out. She started doing a lot of catering opportunities, catered for the mayor, like catered for judges, catered for a wedding. She was doing her thing. And she was like, I'm not liking this. Like, I know I love to cook, mm -hmm. but I don't really like catering these events and like listening to people tell me they want red and black. And I think that that combination doesn't work. Like, <laughs> like I realized like, I, I kind of want to do it in a way where I just do it for my family. I said, okay, so we got it. You love to be, you love to cook, but you don't have to turn this cooking thing into a business. Mm -hmm. You like to put, host events for the family. You like private dinner parties. If I have an important like business person coming through, she's going to put it down and make sure it's all right. Right. Like that's what you like to do. Okay. She wants to, she wants to do a one year birthday party for our son. I get it. She wants to run that, organize and make it beautiful. That's what she loves to do. So we start finding, we start finding ourselves like, okay, it's good. I'm, I'm allowing this thing to speak, but it doesn't have to speak in my wealth builder. It can right. speak in my small time, little income on a side builder. It can speak as my making me feel whole as an individual builder. And you need to allow yourself to grow those different avenues so you can know how all these things rank out. And eventually you will figure out how they rank out. Yeah, absolutely. And just how they tie into each other. Cause it's like, no one's really out here just mm -hmm. doing random things. There's always some sort of strategy behind oh. something, especially if you know that person and you're kind of watching them, there's yeah. a strategy, there's an angle there, right? It's not oh. like I, you know, you just wake up today and they're like, you know what, I'm going to be a clown today. Like what, <laughs> right? Like how much money can I get? What I got to spend on these red shoes and this outfit? <laughs> how do I build that back into my, to my wealth vision? <laughs> exactly. You know, it's just, you know, it's just kind of like leaning in and figuring out how that um, guides you. And I think you said something really dope, especially about you and your wife kind of just being partners for each other in that way. And like letting each other see each other's visions, especially yes. from a, financial perspective, because that's so critical and so important in a lot of relationships, right? Is that ebb and flow of being able to lean and have that freedom yes. um, to learn and grow and be supportive. Um, how do you work out the family dynamics when it comes to kind of wealth and those conversations around money? Oh man, we, we my wife and I have very upfront, very clear conversations about our dollars. There's no dollar coming that she doesn't know about. There's no dollar going out that she doesn't know about and vice versa. Like we literally treat our whole thing as one pot. Mind you, she don't walk there with a whole bunch of loans. So I'm, like, oh, I'm like, yo, listen, you are you are an expensive date. You see all these loans? She's like, I know, I know. I just wasn't thinking. But you know, we maybe we maybe we never would have met had she not put the loans and, and you know she went to law school. But I'm just joking. But you know, we have a very honest and real conversation. And my wife would say she's not a math person. Right. She would say, I'm not a numbers person, not a math person. She would say that. But I pushed her a little bit. And, and I say, listen, you know, when it comes to our finances, like maybe you can be the one that's responsible for putting in the figures and all that. And she has evolved to that person that literally will print out all of our docs, all of our bank statements and keeps track of every dollar we spend. I mean, listen, somebody's got to do it, especially you, do once, it. You, once you get into it, you, you are in. She's in. <laughs> She's all the way in. Get She's it, like, we lost, we lost this month last month. We made this month last month. Here's how much we spent on eating out. Here's how much we spent on Saludo stuff. Uh, Saludo, my son. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Cause we have to run our household like a business mm -hmm. and we are business partners. We can't view it as anything else. Like, yes, we have more than just business ties but this is an operation. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a successful partner at a law firm she's a successful prosecutor at a, you know, at the DA's office but at the home, we're not operating a successful business, then what are we doing it all for? It doesn't mm -hmm. matter how much you're bringing in if you spend it all. Yep. So we need to have the same principles. I always say we're running a family business where we have, to, we have to have the same principles internally that we would have with any business that we were trying to start, anything, which means we have to figure out what our roles are. We can't freestyle this thing. Like what's your role? What's my role for real? 
from a not from a keeping track of numbers perspective only, but from a cultural establishing, from a you know managing the kids perspective, all of that. What are we doing to, to make sure our morale is boosted? The same way firms sit down and try to make sure how do I make sure my employees are motivated? Mm -hmm. We have to have the same elements. You know, it's a big thing that I say on my Black and White series, like you know, a family, if you have a family or if you're head of a household, you're running a business. You could be by yourself, you could be with one other partner or you could have 15 kids in there. You're running a business and you need to act accordingly. So my wife and I are partners in it. We share everything. There is no separate account. She has access to my account, like whatever, it's nothing. Yeah, and that's so important too, because it's like you, you do need to operate it as a business. And it's like, some people look at that and just like, oh no, and kind of frown up, but it's like, no, like that means <laughs> like everyone has everything together. Yeah. Everyone is on the same page. Yes. We're all kind of speaking for each other in a positive way that's empowering. And it's not like, oh, there's no love there. That actually is the love. And that is a perfect, perfect example of it, right? When we're able to have those open um, conversations and communications, even if it's not the most comfortable or people feel like it's exactly. not the most normal, it's just like, let's just talk about it, right? Let's just get comfortable having the conversation and then yes. to move from there, right? And, and figure it all out. <laughs> you know what, you know what, Dana? I mean, you, you make a great point. And I think a lot of people struggle with that a bit because it requires you to open up your books in a way that you never probably had to with anyone else. And it demonstrates how, you know, demonstrates your vulnerabilities to some degree. People who aren't the best with money may not want to share that with their partner, right? If they have a whole bunch of debt, they may not want to share that with their partner, especially if the debt's like credit card debt on things you just bought at Macy's. Mm -hmm. it, it may not be something you want to share. So now you have to admit to yourself you're not doing the best. Admit, admit that to somebody who you're trying to hold some type of, you know, standard with to show that you're somebody who knows what he or she is doing. And you have to let all that go. And then maybe there's some trust issues. If I show this, this, this woman or I show this man or whatever, how much money I'm making, maybe he or she might look at me differently, maybe try to take advantage, maybe because there's somebody who did you dirty in the past and there's, mm -hmm. there's trust concerns. So it's difficult to get to that point, I think, for many because of those issues. But I really think that it's hard to have a very healthy relationship with someone whom you consider your lifetime partner without just exposing everything out into the books and having that trust level. Cause you, mm -hmm. you really have to coordinate and one can't appreciate what the other is doing unless one knows in, in, in every sense of the word, what the other is doing. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I couldn't have said it better. I mean, <laughs> it's like, you have to just do it and try and it's yes. like going to it and feeling open and not, you know, judge, right. It, there definitely has to be that room of feeling free and being able to do that. So it's yeah. like, you, you all just kind of have to just figure it out and get to that place of, of love that turns into that running operation. <laughs> it's like yeah. that just, they all kind of flow um, together. And I know you all now have two beautiful boys and congratulations. I, I feel like he Thank was- the first one was just born like two days I, ago. <laughs> like, that brother is I'm looking at the pictures and I'm just like, when crazy. this? It's crazy. Everybody says it moves fast and it does. It's just moving way too fast. I can't believe my newborn will be one years old in April. I mean, wow. yeah, I, <laughs> it doesn't, it's like, what? They just move, man. But it's a, it's an honor. It is a blessing to have kids. Yeah, it's it's an amazing, amazing thing. And how do you feel like you and your wife will begin to prepare them to just kind of think about money, have those conversations? And I think it's so great that we're now seeing so many books come out, you know, around kids and around yes. health, and especially not just around um, kids talking about money, but there are brown faces on these books. Yes, and yes absolutely. That's such an impactful thing. I think we'll probably do like the kind of typical things of, of you know, have, have a little small book they can read about money and learn about it but I really want to implement it into their kind of everyday lifestyle everyday lifestyle I mean I think just the importance of knowing how to save is big so you know once they get to the point where they might be getting an allowance or something like that I really want them to know that they have to take x percentage of their money 
and always put it aside. Like they can't touch it. Like you'll never, you're never gonna touch it like, until like whatever age. But I want them to know like when you get money, you just don't spend it all. I did not learn that. I when I got my twenty dollar allowance or something, I'm spending spend twenty dollars. Like, like how many quarter orders can I get? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Was it nobody trying to put some money to the side? I'm like, yo, what could I get? I need to save up some for some Tim's. <laughs> if I save up for, for whatever three months, I can get some Tim's. Like that's all it was. And so I want to instill that in them. And also I want to start, you know, one thing I had a conversation with my wife about recently was I understand our loved ones want to give our kids toys. I get it, but they're not using the toys. These toys are a joke. Okay. These toys just, just sit there forever. They collect dust. No one uses them. And if they get used, they get used by like my, my nephews, my, my son right now is not interested at all in toys. The only toy he wants it's something that's like a device, okay? A phone, a yeah. tablet, a laptop, anything else he doesn't care about. I'm like, yo, I really, if somebody wants to contribute something, you know, why don't we have them contribute to a, a Roth or something like, or or just something that's in that sphere. I know it's tacky <laughs> to actual money for your kids, of course, but I'm just saying like- No, and honestly, you know, I feel like it's not. I feel like this is the, like the honest conversation of just, it, it's even like when you buy a gift for someone and it's like, you'd rather just buy them something that they're actually gonna use. Yes. buying them you know something random that you just see that you think they're gonna like <laughs> exactly and and that's what that's what my kids will, will get sometimes and i'm just right. like we could have put this towards something else mm -hmm. so i i like and listen they're not if anybody's gonna do it, it's gonna be it's gonna be us of course it's gonna put these types of accounts together but i i, I want to have the conversations as early as i possibly can i want them to appreciate that everything in here was purchased mm -hmm. <laughs> or you know nothing in here just appears here like right. you have to actually work and get it and how important it is to have assets and not just cash coming in but actual assets you can look at and like you can make a game out of all types of things like that and i i'm not i'm not gonna be the parent that is just not trying to involve my kids and what's happening financially. You know, my mom would kind of incorporate us. Like we knew we didn't, we didn't, we knew we didn't have much money. Like we just knew that, right? She didn't really have long conversations about why, right? She would just rub and pee to pay Paul and lights would go out sometimes and we wouldn't have hot water for some times. And I just thought that was normal. And, but she would be clear, like, you know, we don't really have much money. And, and she would say, she told me when I was in high school that she didn't have enough money to send me to college. Like, she was like, I don't have any money to contribute, like not even to cover the whole thing, of course, but just mm -hmm. like, I'm not putting nothing on it. Like, I don't have it. And she said it very lovingly. She, my mom is a mom's mom. She's the sweetest woman on, on the planet. But it was clear to me, like, yo, money's a problem for us, mm -hmm. right? And because I don't anticipate my kids having that same perspective of money's a problem, I need them to really appreciate how to make sure they generate it and keep it and maintain it without the, you better be a doctor, you better be a lawyer conversation, but you better get this money. Like that's my thing. You better like right. get that and do it with integrity, mm -hmm. right? If you want to, I want, you, I want them to be highly educated. Ideally, I would love that. But you know, if they're going in a different kind of path. It's like, all right, I hear you. I hear you, but I need to hear your plan. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't want to hear that you're doing this and you're staying at my house to get it done. Like mm -hmm. we gotta figure out how you're gonna get yourself economically stable. And and the more that you realize that you have to pay for things, the more you'll start making decisions that make you get into position where you'll have to pay for things. And I want them to start hearing that er as early as possible. I don't want money to be something that's just like a concept that they don't deal with. Mommy and daddy buys everything. No, I'm gonna start showing them the spreadsheet that Tasha mm -hmm. fills out all the time. As soon as my son can appreciate it. Oh yeah, she gonna have some interns. <laughs> you, you, you hear me. Okay, see now you're the same thing. Like, yeah, Tasha's gonna be like, okay, it's one o'clock, let's go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> print out print out the bank statement. Right, did, you, did everyone bring their notebooks to this meeting? Good job. <laughs> that's like yeah. half the battle. But yeah. I think he said something so key and so important, especially just as like, you know, I guess we're kind of, you know, millennials, but more so elder millennials, but you yep. see a, a lot of us now who are in these positions where we're, we're understanding money, we're embracing entrepreneurship, we're also embracing like other things that just kind of make us happy yeah. um, and turning those things into wealth generating dollars, right? It's like yes. you know, in this different digital age where we're able to do that. 
And because we see different things and how our parents grew up, like, you know, I say this all the time, but my mother worked at the same company for 45 years, right? Her mentality, wow. her mentality back then was a lot different, right? Yes. It was that you go out, you get a job. There was no really free thinking. Yes. And it's beautiful that a lot of us now are embracing more of this ability to want our kids to be free. Um, but obviously yes. it comes with constraints around strategy. <laughs> Exactly. But, but we want them to be set up in the way where they don't have to make certain decisions. Exactly. Now, I think about that when, it, when I was pursuing music, right? Mm -hmm. I always had in the back of my head, like at the end of the day, I have a really strong degree. I can fall back into yeah. something that would place me in an economic position that's like, wow. Mm -hmm. And so I never felt like I had to do X in order to make it. Like, oh, let me talk to this person who I highly don't respect. Or let me make music that I think doesn't speak to my heart, that doesn't speak to my integrity, but do it in the name of just like trying to make a hit record. Like I never had to do that. And I really appreciate that because of my education and what I had set up, that I was able to make that choice. Whereas if, you know, I, I don't want my kids to be in a situation where they feel like they have to make these really bad, uncomfortable choices mm -hmm. in the name of making it in something and sacrifice their integrity in the process. But Dana, hold on one second. I hear my baby boy screaming. I have to go oh, pick no him up. I'll come right back. <laughs> I had a feeling it was going to happen. We oh, had like, good, man. This is this is the podcast right here. This call. This is real life. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your flexibility. Absolutely, absolutely. This is how we roll. Well, welcome, welcome, little man, to the podcast. Welcome to the Included series. <laughs> yeah, this is Ikemba Carter Onuga. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. I know no one can see that, so I'm, I'm sorry. You all don't get to look at people's <laughs> face. You just get to hear his audio. <laughs> um, but what I definitely want to touch on, because I know you released and you have this black and white series where, you know, you're talking to a lot of a lot of us, right? And a lot of entrepreneurs in this space where there's information that we just don't get, right? The things that we don't yeah. necessarily think about when we're building these businesses and we're building this wealth and we're not really tying in all the, the things, right? We're not really crossing the I's and dotting the T's. It's like, we're just out here doing, right? And there's no yeah. one that has sometimes really told us to back up. And these are all the things you need to do, especially from a legal perspective too, right? That yes. also yes. can hurt you financially if you're not doing things properly, or, you know, can definitely help you as long as you kind of follow um, these guidelines. And what was your inspiration for starting that, that series? So, Years ago, I was holding my other son and a thought came to me about this contract that I was working on. I think I was focused on what they referred to as the miscellaneous provisions and contracts. And I just made a quick post saying how people need to pay attention to those types of provisions, even though they're always considered to be quote unquote for the plate to people and how it could have impacts on the outcome of their, their contracts should any dispute arise. And I was bumping into people, this is back when I owned HLS, the restaurants, and I would see people, customers would come in and say, oh, uh, Renze, I saw that post that you made. I really appreciate that. Like no one's, no one's giving out that kind of information, not to us and not the way you put it. I feel like you're just my man talking to me. I didn't feel like I was talking to some old super, you know, serious, right? Attorney, it was just, it just felt really relaxed the way you said it. I said, oh, I'm, I'm happy I, I'm happy I can help. And it happened about three or four times off of that one video. So I'm like, let me put something else out there. So I put something else out there and the same thing would happen. And it hit me like, you know, the, our community needs this. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what this is going to evolve into. It can evolve into nothing, but I'm going to just keep doing this once in a while. And I didn't have any kind of consistency. Every, I'm dropping them every Thursday or anything like that. I just would do it. And I would do it holding my cell phone, selfie style, and just record it. It started evolving to something that I took a bit more serious after the George Floyd situation. Mm -hmm. I think being home having that silence for being home. After that George Floyd thing popped off, Breonna, Breonna Taylor popped off and everyone was just like, wow. Everyone was reflecting on what we can do. Yeah, Inst Institutions were reflecting in ways that they never reflected before. And maybe because Sports Center didn't have the latest game or <laughs> you know, there weren't, there weren't as much distractions uh, from, from things being open the way they normally were. But something about that time period that made everybody reflect heavily on a global scale. And I was reflecting internally, what do I want to do? What's something that I want to do? Now, I'm, I'm active already, but I was looking at the Black and White series and I said, you know what? I didn't make this thing something a little bit more serious. Like, mm -hmm. if I respected this, how would the camera look, right? How would the intro look? How would the outro look? 
And so I grabbed my DSLR camera. I grabbed my lavalier mics. I had all this equipment already. This stuff was years old. The mm -hmm. DSLR cameras from 2010. Okay? <laughs> I used to shoot my music videos on that. This is back in the day a little bit, right? I put all that out and I shot my first episode, you know, and it came out great. And I said, you know, I'm gonna make this thing a little bit more serious and try to release them at least on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. And I've been consistently doing so since that time, right? This is probably around April or so, May or so. And, and, I, and I really appreciate what it does for me, mm -hmm. right? It's not just about giving the information. I have to sometimes relearn some of this stuff before I really give it out. And I've learned that people are getting to the stage where all right, we all seem to be thinking we should own assets. We all seem to be thinking we might want to have some type of business or at least pursue our careers in a very business savvy kind of way. But when it starts getting to the nitty gritty of like, well, what should your LLC agreement say? Everybody stops, right? Like that's what the conversation stops. Like what? Like, excuse me? Like indemnification, what is that? Huh? Like why do I need a services contract? Who does it? How much do they cost? When it starts getting to that nitty gritty what the big boy companies do and they know like the back of their hand, we aren't doing that. We're talking about marketing and all that type of stuff. When I say we, I don't mean we as black people. I think black people do do that, do do that. I'm talking about smaller business folks that are kind of just getting cracking don't really know that information. I, of course, as a corporate attorney who deal with clients that can pay a substantial amount per hour, I know all that stuff because I have clients that deal with this all the time. I want to form a company. I want to buy a business. They're not doing that without attorneys. But when you're just trying to start your first podcast, you may not be thinking about a written release. You might want to have your guest sign. You, you may not be, you may not have trademarked your name because you don't know if it's that big of a deal. You just don't, you're not really going there because you're early in the stage, but you need to know this stuff. And sometimes knowing these things is so helpful for you when before you even speak to your attorney, because now you know what questions to ask them. Mm -hmm. You know, like two things on my list <laughs> <laughs> that have been on my list. I just have not completed yet. But yeah, I, I, I hear you. At least it's on your list. Some, is, people yeah. don't, some people don't know that list exists, right? Yeah. Or they think they formed their company that they've that they've trademarked their company name. It's like, no, you just formed your company in that state. You didn't you didn't get a trademark that gives you protection nationally. They're like, wait, what are you talking about? I had to choose the name. Like, yeah, I know. Like, people just don't know this stuff, not because they're ignorant. Mm -hmm. This is not this, this is not the space that they play in. So I'm like, you know what? Everything that I kind of know on a very high level. I can't get into the crazy nitty gritty because folks would be like, I'm gonna say, what are you talking about? I'm like, I wanna be able to give that information to the community as best as I can. And we're actually, I'm actually teaming up, ultimately aiming to team up with development, a nonprofit I work with. I'm a chairman of the board to actually see if we can put together a really affordable online academy for this, mm -hmm. right? That will not just say, here's some information, but sit down buddy, but, but also here is, um, some kind of template agreements maybe you could work off from that you can have your attorney finalized for you, you know, and do it in like a course type of way. Because the more you know that, the, the better you are going to be at business. No question. And it's going to probably save you a lot, a significant amount of money if you know some of these things before you start diving in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important too, because in our community, to your point, it's like, there's just a lot of things that we don't know, um, yeah. that we don't know in general as, as business owners that we're not necessarily always thinking about, right? Our, our thought process is we just go and we do, right? It's not necessarily always the backup of, well, let me see all the different steps. <laughs> Right. And, and kind of line the steps up with the go and yes. that, that adrenaline that just wants to get something out there. Uh, and then, you know, have to be reminded of stepping back and you get, you know, some sort of cease and desist letter. Like I've heard that happen to exactly. the startups, right. And, and things that we yes. don't necessarily think are ever going to happen, but do happen, right. They and do now, happen. And now we're fighting like, battles we have no money for. <laughs> right? Precisely. And maybe no one cares about you because you have yeah. 150 followers on Instagram and they see you violating things, but they're just like, whatever, or they, you're not even on their radar, but then all of a sudden you get a piece, you get, you know, you get featured on, on Dana's podcast, you on chip. And then that, that leads to somebody hearing you who wants to do a story about you. And now you're on some major platform, maybe like enterprise or something. And then you start rising. And now a company's like, no, 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 you can't do that. Mm -hmm. No, that, that's violating my trademark. 
yep. or whatever. Now you have to start pivoting. And now you're like, oh my God, now you're, now, now you're saying, oh, let me hire an attorney to solve this mess for me. And then that's when you, and then, then that's when you it's find- It's an expensive mess, right? Yeah. It's, it's an expensive mess. And then, then it, maybe that'll be the first time you actually know how much attorneys cost. Like, wait, hold up, how much are you an hour? And it's like, yeah. Or you can go to somebody else. And you know, it's, it's, it's like, I want people to be able to avoid some of the mistakes that even I had made, right? Before, particularly before I, um, uh, particularly before I graduated from law school or got, got some more experience, right? Because just because you're an attorney doesn't mean you know all of legal issues. It is, that's not how this profession works. It's treated just like a doctor. I got a dentist. Okay, there's, there's a difference between the dentist and the OBGYN. Okay, you like you know, OB. You have to really understand the distinctions <laughs> between the two. You ain't going to your dentist talk about some issue you have that you would talk to an OB with, right? right? Right. So it's the same thing in law, but you know it's really important to start understanding all the different aspects of your business. And so what I realized is as I talked about some of these legal issues, it made me just think about things broadly too, from like life insurance, you know, how to how to kind of manage your household. It all stems off. So I make the series not just for quote unquote entrepreneurs, but I make it for heads of households. Mm-hmm. Like I told you before, I really think heads of households are essentially running a business and need to be business savvy as well. And and I don't think that only people who are full-time entrepreneurs are applicable. There are people who have steady gigs and are doing things on the outside, small little entrepreneurship projects or small or small investing, it's important for them, again, to be business savvy and, and from a legal standpoint to appreciate the nuances there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all kind of have to just um, get it together, right? And it's like now that all of this information is kind of finally being disseminated to us, yes, the time to really learn and and open yourself up to learn, right? Not to be scared or embarrassed. Just kind of at first, just come to the table. If all you can do right now is just come yes. to the table, just come. Like we are opening up the doors for you to do that. And then when you're ready, really dive in, right? It's like take the time to to do that, but just be in the room, right? It's like we're all trying to create these spaces for us to be in the room and just make better decisions to build um, build that wealth. So do you feel like just as, you know, people of color, we're kind of starting to really understand and harness our financial power? Or do you feel like we're still kind of at the beginning stages of understanding what that really means? Sometimes it's hard to make that call because I'm getting older. And so my friends are getting older. And so my mm-hmm. friends are getting wiser. Isn't and, that crazy? Like we're, <laughs> we're at that point. It's just like, what? when did that happen? <laughs> exactly. I, I, exactly. I was just, just with my friends in the in some backseat of some old hoopty driving a skate 22 or something. Right now, right. I'm out here with kids and, and oh a mortgage God. and, you know. Um, and so, so sometimes it's like, well, is it just my surroundings are changing a bit because all of my friends are, you know, we're all getting older, we're all getting more more mature. And so we have these conversations. I don't know how much 11 year olds are, you know, having these conversations with each other in our community. But I would say that I feel like I see young folks talk about this stuff a bit more. And I also think that the nature of social media and just the internet generally is really making uh, ways of wealth building pervasive. And I also think that there are organizations out there that keep developing that are trying their best to push out this information, right? Mm-hmm. Just like I just mentioned development. I mean, development's whole thing is about helping uh, black people uh, really appreciate the power of kind of wealth building and the power of possibly pursuing entrepreneurship as an alternative career, right? And so we have interns that come every year to, 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 to learn about this and they're learning about things for the first time. I have a session with them every year about how legal strategy is business strategy, right? These folks are are 19, 20 years old hearing this conversation that people who are in their 40s haven't really heard yet, you know? So I just think because of the programs that are happening, because of the access to information, and I think people are learning from their their forefathers' mistakes, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Like you look at the young hip hop artists today and everybody's talking about owning their masters, you know? That, uh, I like know, that, it is. That was it. Oh that my wasn't the talk before it was just like get a record deal. Now it's yeah. like, oh, I own my own masters. Now that's a whole like thing that everybody's talking about. And you feel kind of like behind the ball if you don't have a deal where you have ownership of your masters, right? So mm-hmm. I think because of that, I would say that I think we've been progressing, even if you look at it on a you know age by age basis, I think we've progressed a bit more 
and parents are probably having a bit of an easier time having the conversation just because of how vast and how quickly growing technology is to allow us to have those conversations. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, we're in an age where we're able to just share so much. Um, yep. And it's good that, you know, we're having these conversations. I mean, if nothing else, even if certain things become a trend, like it's a trend that leads to a deeper yes. conversation as to Please. why you don't own your masters, right? Yes. Um, yes. Or, or if you even knew that you could, right? I think even there's a bigger yes. conversation of us not even understanding that that's something that we can do. Exactly. Like sometimes there's things that we just don't realize that we can actually access and that we have the ability to um, take ownership of and therefore we don't even think we don't even think about it right where everyone else around us is just doing all of these things their families have been doing all these things and there's always this money just kind of circling and we're like yep. well, I haven't really seen that before so I don't even know how to do that <laughs> right I, I, when I when I would hear about fund managers it seemed like something that was just so far removed from anything that I've heard about, been a part of. It seems just so exclusively for the elite. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this private equity fund game. I hear how much money they're playing. And you know, now I'm in a part, part I'm about to help a client right now, a real estate fund client from a $300 million fund, right? Which isn't even the biggest of kind of funds that we see these days, right? I mean, we see 20 something billion dollar funds. Uh, and, and I find myself forming minor funds, right? For my colleagues who I know who always want to invest with me and see a project I have going on, whether it's in real estate or a potential fintech company based in Africa, based, you know, based in Nigeria. Uh, you know, I think that once I saw the world, once I've appreciated the documents, you're like, oh, this is how it works. This is how it can function to the point where now I have two funds right now. Right. And I, I, this is what I do full time. But like you said before, you find your interest and you find your little piece of your interest. So you know how you want to get down with it. And I wouldn't have even seen it as a possibility several years ago. Mm-hmm. And so the more we give ourselves access, the more we learn, the more we, the more we think we can, the more we believe. But you have to start with the access. And once you get that, it's it starts being limitless. Yeah, it's a wrap. It's like I always yeah. I feel like we really it's a wrap point every time on the on this on the series and just as part of the conversation. Like once we get in the door, but that's like, what I mean. Like we had, I, you know, like years ago we were all we I mean we were kings and queens, we were judges, we were entrepreneurs, and then you know, there's a lot that happened in between there, and we felt yes. like we couldn't do this, and now it's just like no, yes. we're taking back all no. of that. And then yeah, we we we're gonna do it, <laughs> we're gonna do it, and we're going to do it with style. Yes. Style. Right? Like that walk just isn't the same kind of walk, right? No, right? it's not. Right? Listen, if you're not walking like Barack and Michelle, I don't want to walk with you. <laughs> you know, like that. I mean, that's, that's how we take stuff, right? We just walk in and it's just like, we just shut stuff down easily. Listen, I, I, I'm with you on that. With the belt. And that's, <laughs> and that's the kind of, <laughs> and that's the kind of confidence we need, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we look at Barack and Michelle and we're like, wow, look at that dynamic couple. Look at, look at Barack's entire Steve's. Look at his mm-hmm. education pedigree. I mean, look what that brother had to be like in order to take that title, basically. Right, yeah. But yeah. you let him in, right? And now he's in and check him out, mm-hmm. right? Check him out. And so that's the mindset we all need to have. Like not that, not only do I belong here, but I belong here and I'm about to shine here. Mm. I think we might just have to end there and put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That's what's up. That That's, is what's that up. was it. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> what would you say to that next generation who, you know, to some degree, we do sometimes second guess or question ourselves around, around a lot of different things, right? Like what would your ending um, kind of confidence boost be to them? I would say go back and look at history and please don't start with slavery. Mm. Check out a couple centuries before that too. And you'll see who you came from and you'll see how fly we did it. Just, 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 just do a little research on the pyramids and how they were built because they were built by us. And still there's not a single structure to this day that competes with the pyramids. It's in you, it's in your blood. Like look at every arena that we say we want to take control over. Like we want to actively be in this sport. What happens to those sports? 
Mm-hmm. Right. What happens to those businesses when we when we decide to say we want to own it and we really want to go in? We have a way of just succeeding. OK, we just have this way of succeeding, not just only in sports in any arena that we want to really succeed. And we have that capability. So sometimes you need to look back a little bit to appreciate how strong you are, because that really is you. Despite in despite of all of the hardships, we still shine. We still have a way of having our culture be pervasive mm-hmm. globally. I mean, it's just the facts. I'm not trying to like- <laughs> No, it. Yeah, yes, listen. But our culture is crazy, is crazy addictive to everyone else. Why is that? Why is that? Okay, like there's something special happening with us. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's something special. And everybody can have their theories, but it's undeniably so. So once you know that's the case, there should be nothing about you to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I can't. I, I, it, the only thing you can say is I won't, mm-hmm. but please don't say you can't. If you say you can't, you're lying to yourself. It's an it's utter lie. Keep your head up. Don't walk into rooms saying I'm good as a black boy or I'm good as a black girl. Don't put that, just say I'm good. When you want to compete, say I'm going to compete. Don't look at anybody else as being better than you just because you haven't been around them or you come from a different culture. Just walk in and say, I can compete on anybody's level, no matter what background they have. And I know that I got something special in me. It's going to take me a little bit over the top once they get me in. And as long as you have that mindset, you're fine. You fall down, you stand up. Everyone falls down. Nothing's dope about standing up until you feel what it feels like to fall. (laughs) Until you know what it feels like to fall. So like, just keep getting up, do your thing. And you have mad people out here that probably will have your back if you just simply raise your hand and ask for help. Hey, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with falling. And now we got band-aids that match our skin tone. So we're good. Uh, <laughs> we're good. Don't we? Fall don't down. We? Fall down. <laughs> right? Like fall down as many times as we got you. Right? There is someone who has created uh, a company for that. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely. I just saw, I just saw it and I was like a couple months back. So your your timing on that, that, that no, that I feel like you just set that up. And I was sitting here thinking, like, it, uh, we can fall because we got band-aids at match <laughs> but we are good we are more than good we are more than good, oh, God, I more love than it. good. well Arenze, thank you so much uh for coming on the included series uh, this has just been such a joy um and continued blessings to you and your family and we'll have to have you back again to wrap to wrap Listen, again let me say to you that i'm extremely honored to be on this especially one of the early guests i think what you're doing is phenomenal enjoyable, relatable, the community needs this, the community can't get enough of this. So congratulations and kudos to you for taking the time out of your day, you know, to do this and put it together in a very professional way. So it's certainly an honor to be a part of it. Hopefully I can come back on here another time and we can keep vibing, but keep yeah. doing what you do, sis. Keep doing Absolutely. It. And thank you so much for saying that. Next time I'm gonna have to come out and start with your freestyle first. And then ah. we roll into t- <laughs> And then we roll into everything else. So everyone else can see how dope and creative, you know, we can all be when we tap into all of our skills. That's what's up. That's what's up. Thanks again. And everyone stay tuned to our next episode of the Included series.